All right, uh, let's go to Book of Acts, chapter 9. We'll read from verse 13 to 16. Acts 9:13-16. Love worshiping with you. It is my honor to serve the Lord and share the word of God with you this evening. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, talking about Paul, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. You know, sometimes we have attitude, kind of show attitude towards God. We're praying, but really we're complaining. What's happening right here? And hear what God has to say. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine. Sometimes God looks at your brother, my sister, my family member, different from how we look at them. That is the revelation that we need tonight. If you're praying for restoration or depth or healing in any relationship, it's not going to be our works. It's going to take the revelation from God on both parties. To carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Let's pray. Father, we come to you with your word. We thank you for your word. We treasure, we cherish, we hide your word in our hearts and we meditate on it because we love you. We love your word and we love your truth. Not only the power behind it, but the intimacy and the access that we have. How much you've done for us in your love and how much you show it by your spirit and through your word. God, I pray that you will minister to us and your people and your family and your children because we need it through your word, Lord. But we recognize that mere words or preaching is always insufficient. But as Paul has taught the church, pray. Come on, church, pray this, pray this with me in your heart, that it won't be the wisdom of men, but the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit that the word of God will come to touch us and speak to us this evening. It is in your name we pray. Amen. We are talking about relationship, absolutely. We are talking about spiritual family, absolutely. But we got to start this story from where Paul met Christ. And you know how Paul met Christ? He was on the road to Damascus and he was blinded and he has this amazing encounter with Jesus Christ. You're all hungry people because you show up on a Wednesday fighting traffic to be here in person or at home. And that means you're hungry and you know about the sweetness and the blessing of the encounter of God. May the Lord bless you every time you show up to experience him and encounter him. But don't be surprised to find yourself losing vision once you encounter Christ. Don't be surprised to find yourself losing sight of where you're supposed to go once you obey Christ. Like Abraham or Paul in this moment. This is verse 8. He just met Christ. He just encountered Christ as we're doing right now. As you and I are hungry to do. And this is what the Bible says. Saul rose from the ground. And although his eyes are opened, he saw nothing. 
So they led him by the hand and brought him to into Damascus. So here was this man initially leading the charge and being strong about this and being purposeful to being led like an infant or a toddler to a city. A man who could who thought could see clearly now trying to see but cannot see. He's opening his eyes but he can't see. Don't be surprised. After you encounter Christ, sometimes after you encounter Christ, you find yourself losing vision. Because there's a purpose behind it. And we want to talk about that this evening. In a um, magazine called um, Gospel Coalition magazine, there's a story about this missionary who are reaching out to um, Persian immigrants. Most of them are Muslims and their visions and signs and wonders happening so they could come to Jesus Christ. One night, this missionary was sound asleep, 5 a.m., and he hears commotion in the campground that he was part of. 6 a.m., this man who is a Muslim, and he was vocal about it and was persecuting the Christian leaders in that community. He was visibly angry and flustered, and he came to him and said this. Last time I was sleeping, and this man dressed in white came to me. He said, come follow me. And he said, who are you that I should follow you? And he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Come and follow me because I am the truth. I am the life. I am the way. Come follow me. And that was it. And he was bothered in his spirit enough where he couldn't really put himself together. But he got so angry and he got so frustrated. He was so confused. He came to find this missionary and said, who is this man? And why is he telling me to follow him and follow him where? He allowed him to vent for about a couple of minutes. And he said this, have you seen this book? It's a Bible. And it's the word of God. It's like your Quran. Let me open this up to the book of Revelations. Here it says that Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. Go to the book of John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you want this Bible? Do you want this Jesus? He said, yes and yes. Received the Bible, prayed for him, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the missionary said, you maybe you want to hide that Bible because, you know, you might get persecuted. You're going to a camp, who, you know, where most people are Muslims. He said, no, no, no. This is the best and the most powerful truth that I've ever met. And in one hour, he brought 10 more Muslims to hear this news about the Alpha and the Omega. And that story, it turns around to be a good thing, but in the beginning, you got to note that 6 a.m. in the morning, there was confusion, there was anger. It's like he couldn't see because he couldn't see. He just didn't notice that he couldn't see. Whenever we enter a greater realm of obedience to God, please note that we will feel lost. There are people in this room who got promoted by God, and you feel lost. There's this young woman, a Korean woman, who was serving the Lord, and she said, God, I want to serve you. She was retired from a really successful career, and she said, I've been wanting to become a missionary all my life, and he, she said, I want to serve you, Lord. Where do you want me to go? I, where, wherever you want. He, she had India in her heart. She had Afghanistan in her heart, and the Lord said, um, Fairfax, downtown. <laughs> and she said, I I don't know, maybe it's a taco that I laid last night. It's not it. That's not it, God. Or maybe I drank too much coffee. And he's like, no, he will say three times, and she obeys. 
And he says, I want you to create a coffee shop downtown Fairfax. And she goes, I've never made coffee. That's not my career. I mean, I love coffee. I like making coffee. I like the smell of coffee. I like the idea of coffee. But I've never owned a coffee shop. I've never been an entrepreneur. And God said, that is your call. And she starts her journey, and she goes season after season saying, I feel lost. I feel blind. Some of you got promoted because you're such a great engineer, because you're such a good worker, hard worker. You got promoted to become a manager, and you have more influence, but you feel lost because you feel like you lost vision and sight, and you feel confused because you're so good at your job, yet being a manager is a whole new ballgame. And then because you're such a good manager, you said, maybe I should start my own company. And you did. Maybe it was call of God. And you said, God, yes. And you thought open doors will come. And it is open doors to you. But yet you walk and you go like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And you're doing everything by yourself. And you're getting burnt out because you're working really as a technician. When God has called you to be an entrepreneur. And you're trying to be a manager where God has called you to be an entrepreneur. And you're wearing these different hats. You're going like, I am confused. As God calls you sometimes, you feel confused. You encounter Christ. God gives you that promotion that you've been asking for. And you obey God and you feel more lost. You get married. You have no idea how to be a husband or a wife. That is very normal, isn't it? Isn't it, Pastor JC? <laughs> I didn't ask him because um, of different other reasons. I just asked him because he's over marriage ministry. You could ask him for reason. Yes. <laughs> and I did, actually. <laughs> I didn't lie per se, but it was both kind of like... You know, and you get kids, and you go, I have no idea how to be a father or mother. You feel lost. Why? Why, why would God do that to us? You pray for it. That happens. Or, or listen, listen, maybe you're, you've been praying for a church. You came to a new church. Maybe this is your church. You feel that connection spiritually, but you're like, man, I thought I knew church, but I don't know how to do church here. I'm, let me encourage you. You're in the right place. Because that's exactly how you should feel. Why would God do that to us? I'll submit to you this, uh, this evening that God would do that to you, to us, so that we could enter a new realm of love in our soul. Because when influence and promotion comes and you don't have the matching love in your heart, Oh, God's going to make it uncomfortable for you, and it is a blessing for you. Some of you are feeling the stirrings of it. You don't quite feel like you see as clearly as you used to, and that's a good thing. Hear the word of the Lord, because that's where Paul was. He always thought he was seeing things clearly, but he wasn't, and God showed him. Christ shows up in a bright light, and then he feels blind, and he is blind because he was spiritually blind. But why would God keep him there intentionally? Because that's not for everyone. Why would, why would God make you feel like you're blind in that area right now in that season where you feel so lost and confused? Why? Because you want to obey God because you obeyed God. Why? Because God is leading you to deeper love. Because if you have the skill sets and the power without love, what are we? What are you? Clanging symbols. What if you have the influence? What if you run the business? What if you make the money? And what if you have the family that you desire and you don't have love for them? You destroy them. 
That's why God is so keen to say, wait, 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 wait. I know you encounter Christ. I know you see the power of the Holy Spirit. Great, praise the Lord. But you're only getting started and it leads you to the next step, which is experiencing community. You encounter Christ and then you feel blind in that gap. He's drawing you out. If you're writing notes, please write this down. Revelations are given so that we can be family. Oh, make no mistake. Spiritual family, actually natural family too, it always takes God to become a family. It always takes God for you and I to be a family in this house. This is not by chance. This is not a decision or choice that I made or you made. It is by the Spirit of God that we're all here worshiping together the Lord Jesus Christ in one baptism, in one spirit, in one church, in one faith. It takes God. It always does. Within your family, let us stop trying to create family from our flesh because that don't work. Let's go to the passage and study it. Verse 10, it says this. Now, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a, what is it? Vision. Weren't we talking about sight where Paul lost his sight? And you'll find that Paul lost sight. But in this way, though, though, though Ananias was a believer, he was also blind relationally. Vision. That's what God, God gives him, vision. Ananias, he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. So God gives him direction. Google Maps by the Spirit of God. Here you should go. Give directions. He's going. And Listen, this is really interesting. You don't see a lot of this in the Bible. This is an unusual vision. So God is giving, listen, this man, Ananias, vision. And within that vision, God gives a vision. So a vision within a vision. So God is giving a vision. And he said, and he, he, he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in. I'm sorry, Ananias. I've been pronouncing his name wrong for some reason. You know why? Because I'm getting the Korean pronunciation and English pronunciation messed up, and, and you're giving me a lot of grace because no one yelled out, no. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, what? <laughs> that would have been uber awkward. Come in. Ananias, come in and lay his hand, hands on him and so that he might regain his sight. So vision's happening. Okay. What is this unusual vision? Because this vision is like, like a Russian doll. You know what I'm talking about? Like a doll, you open it up like, it's a doll. Open up, it's a doll, it's a doll. Or your dream, you know, where you're, you're dreaming and you're, I don't know, having this dream of being chased by an angry chalupa. And you're like, oh, no, don't chase me now. And then you're like, oh, I got to get up, I got to get up. So you wake up and you're like, oh, was that a dream? And you see a giant broccoli chasing after you. are like, no, this is a dream again. You're like, oh, I got to get up. And you get up and you see a giant cucumber. So you, you see what I'm trying to get at? Like an inception, right? You're like layers of vision and vision. Why does God do this? Because listen, it took one sight and two short sentences for Paul to encounter Jesus Christ. I'm not saying this is less significant, but it takes more work from God and the Holy Spirit to create family and experience community than encountering Christ in this passage. 
It took more revelation to create family than to encounter Jesus Christ. But sometimes we take it, take, you know, see it the other way. Oh, once they receive Jesus Christ, it will be all good. No, 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 no. That's not true. It takes more revelation, more spirituality, and discipline in us and the work of God to be and walk in the family of God. A very special revelation. Ananias gives this amazing godly response, which is kind of frustration. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the, authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Notice the word heard. Everything thus far has been seeing. Now it is hearing. Do you know what is one of the major blockages in our relationships in this body right now, I'm talking about right now, this moment of 7.15, us coming closer, is what we heard about each other, not what we saw by the Spirit of God. And when that gets twisted, isn't that what gossip is? And I'm not talking about gossip that is in this room. I don't think there is. But it's the same principle. There's an intimacy and closeness that God wants in this family and one of the reasons why there's a hesitation and, and then friction in that is because we're operating by what we heard about that person from afar. But don't you and I wish that people would not do that to us at our job or in our employment or within our marriage? But rather sit down with us and say, hey, I want to get to know you. What do you have to say about you in this situation? What he heard. He's saying, God, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong dude. He, this guy has anger issues. He's trying to kill everyone. He's our enemy. He's our number one enemy. I, this is not the right guy. Paul couldn't see, but Ananias also could not see. Because God's revelation is saying, no, no, you go to him. But he's like, no. Listen, every new relationship that we have in the body of Jesus Christ outside as well, if you want it to work, if you want it to be family, if you want it to be healthy, you need the revelation of God, not only what you know about that person in the natural facts. Because what is truth? Truth is not facts. Facts is what you know about. Ananias had facts about Paul. We all have facts about each other. But you know what we need as family is truth. Because facts are data of what you have in the natural but you know, as a spiritual people and spiritual being, truth always go with the natural facts by and added the revelation of God on top of that. But the fact of the matter is we look at our spouse and we interpret everything that they're saying and doing only by the facts of what they're saying. We're fighting the facts. That's why we're fighting. But if we would stop and take a step back and say, God, what are you showing me about that person? And God gives you revelation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and insight into how God sees that person. And then you operate with the revelation of God, which is who they were, who they are now, and who they will be in the future future all of them coming together now their relationship go to a new realm by the spirit of God and that is what family is not only seeing by the facts of what we hear but by the truth of the revelation from heaven 
So it's going to take revelation on Paul and revelation on Ananias and their revelation vision coming together in this way to create family. It's going to take two visions. It took one vision for Paul to encounter Christ. It's going to take two visions for Paul to experience community. I love the heart of the pastor of this house, Chantilly, saying, let's go family. Let's build this thing. It's going to take revelation. I mean, we have, we have a wonderful, the whole staff and the team have been preparing a wonderful evening for you outside. And then this is going to be a beautiful time. At the same time, it's going to take a lot more than an event or a great venue. It's going to take all of us receiving revelation from God about each other. The ability to see each other and say, I don't only see you, what I see on your skin color or what you're saying even, but I see the revelation of God, of what God says about you. And I believe you and I love you. Not because I love you from out of the flesh or the natural. I love you because there's a revelation of God that said, this is who you are. And what did that revelation say? Come on, come with me on verse 15. This is what the revelation of God says. The Lord said to him, go, for he... Or she is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings or maybe Washington, D.C., those who are making the legislations and the children of Israel. How are we to walk? We're to walk by the revelation of God. Yes, when we encounter Christ. Yes, when we have worship moments. Yes, when we're worshiping God, getting prophesied over. Yes, absolutely. But as we walk out in that lobby, as we walk out, and as we get on our car and go back home, may God give us a revelation of God in our relationships. That we don't tune out the spirit of God once we walk out of this presence of God, or that's what we think, but rather walk in the revelation of God in step with the spirit of God. So that in every situation, especially difficult situation, especially with difficult people, ask God and walk in revelation. I just feel the spirit of God saying there's one person you've been struggling. And as you're hearing this message, you're thinking about that person at your work. And God is saying, yes, you go back tomorrow and you pray. Watch what I do. It's a boss. It's a boss. Like, I'm doing everything right. I'm following your instructions. This is persecution. Absolutely. But it's going to take a revelation from the Holy Spirit. Not you working harder. Not you achieving perfection. You got there because you work hard to achieve perfection. Working hard is okay. But God is inviting you to walk in revelation of the Spirit of God. You know, we're, we're having this youth retreat and you know us church folks you know at the third night of any kind of event we have this major moment of like you know calling and stuff or like hey if you feel like you want to receive jesus christ as lord and savior and this is a great night and you don't miss the night this is the moment and the band is going swelling of symbols and daring going like go 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 build up build up build up and this is the moment you don't want to miss it jesus is walking right here he's walking on right here you want to say yes to him. walk out walk out walk out 
don't walk out. But like, you know, like they're, they're walking out and it was one of those moments of youth revival. And then we pray for that guy and I'm, I'm praying for him and then I'm thinking of a specific guy and he had, he had a lot of issues. He had, he had a lot of wounds and, 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 you know, traumas of abandonment and rejection. And from that, that flowed, you know how when, when the wounds are not healed, it always flows into addictions, right? So he had so much addictions in his life. He was addicted to so many things and we've been trying to help him. But we said, you know, you got to start your relationship with Jesus Christ, encountering Christ encountering Christ. So he said, yes, he's walking now. Inside, I'm celebrating. Ooh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's getting saved, Lord, finally. I'm happy. Pray for him. I'm happy to pray for you, man. I'm smiling. Now go on, go on, go on. Shh, shh, shh. Go, go, go. Second call, second call. If you want to, you know, say yes to God and enter into full-time ministry, come on up. I have a lot of faith about this. Come on up. And the same guy gets back up. He's walking down, and I'm going, God, I think he's confused. Can you, Holy Spirit, can you, like, trip him or something so he can't make it up here? Because, you know, you don't want to just take back the vow one you make before you got it. So he's walking down. I'm going, God, is this even correct? And God's like, what's wrong? He's wrong. Were you wrong when I called you? Like, absolutely. So what's wrong with this picture? Me. So I repent. <laughs> it was a quick conversation, but it was really like, oh my Lord, I am judging the future of this young man by my natural facts. Did I get the facts right? Absolutely. But was I operating on the revelation of God? No. And God healed him. God moved in his life. We did this uh, ministry with, with me and my wife, and we did, uh, she, was, she was doing this great event for, to, to evangelize to young people, and she invited this one of those very unlike, you know, like a, if I could even use that word, unsavory character out of all the young people. Like, he, he would be one of those guys, you know, who watched too many gangster movies and to watch too many uh, Tupac, you know, music videos. N nothing against the artist per se, but he, he did. He's like, too much into that gangster life, you know? So, like, what he would do is he would wait outside the church, and whoever he doesn't like, he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm waiting on you because I'm about to beat you up. He would do that almost every Sunday, and these young guys would come after me, knock on our doors when we're at meetings. Like, I'm scared to walk outside. They're about to beat me up. It's like, oh, let's, let's not have that happen. So we'll go talk. Hey, come on, man. Don't beat him up. This is the church. Like, don't, don't. He was like, yeah, okay. And it was one of those big events. And my wife decided, it was a pastoral heart. I'm going to put him on the stage. But give him the role. It was, a, it was a beautiful, beautiful, like a musical kind of thing. Give him the role of the devil. And he said, I'm excited to a devil. He really got excited. He had the whole makeup and everything, like Broadway artists. We didn't, this is accurate, right? He comes and he does that evil face beautifully and controls the evil spirits beautifully. He gets defeated beautifully as well, right? So we're like, oh, this is awesome. But it was an unlike character that I would, have not, I would not have picked him and put him on stage. And then he, he would come back to church, bring three guys, two guys, Five guys, and you know, not the five guys burger, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes he would still be angry and wait outside the church door, like, I'm going to beat him up, Pastor. I'm like, whoa, 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 no, and he'll be okay. And then he, he, would, he, he went, I think he, he started internship at a ministry somewhere. After that, I don't know what happened. It, 
We need to see people, our young generation, with the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because they will be arrogant. They will make mistakes. They will make a mess. Like a baby, they'll pee, and they'll go number two as well, spiritually speaking. And we got to clean them up. They will make a mess in the church once you believe him and put them in leadership role. And you're like, God, is that, like, that smells. They're like, God is like, I know. Hey, but if you don't have an ox in a manger, it's clean. But if you do got him, you'll have a bountiful harvest. Do we want next generation to be leaders? Do we want leaders in this house to thrive? Do we want women in this house to have higher ceilings than any other place in this planet? Then we got to walk in revelations, not what we see with facts. You're like, it is correct. These are facts. I know. But you're called to walk in a higher realm of love. Amen? An application I'll close Two, rather. Oh, actually, you know what? I got to finish this story, right? Because number, okay, verse 17, come on. Let's finish the story real quick. So, you know, it's like this is a chosen man and everything and, you know, Ananias. So Ananias departed. He obeys, entered the house, and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, family, from enemy now into family. Why? Because of the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is the miracle that we're praying for in this house. Oh, we're doing great. This is a great house. It's an example to the world already. But listen, as God prayed in John 17, we believe, believe that there's more. There's a greater depth of unity that we can walk into by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so you may regain your sight, not only sight, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. Listen, listen, this is, this is really cool. Let me, allow me to just geek out on this verse. This is just so awesome. So remember how Paul lost his sight? Physically, now his sight is regained physically too, right? What is the first thing that he's seeing through his physical eyes? As his redeemed, born-again eyes. What he saw in the vision as God has given him. Because when he was blind, he received this vision of Ananias coming to pray for him and his sight being revealed, right? So his redeemed eyes are now seeing what he saw in the spiritual realm by the revelation of Jesus Christ. I love that. So as you pray, what God allows you to see for your child, pray and believe. And when the Holy Spirit hits and comes on him, his eyes will be open. And the first thing that he sees and you see is that revelation coming into the natural reality. And you'll give glory to God. He's going to give glory to God. And he's going to run and live for God like never before. That happened in this verse because Ananias saw and walked in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, our kids can make trouble. I get that. And our spouses too, or husbands too. Yes, Pastor JC, absolutely, amen. <laughs> oh, even when they're messing up. Would you have the eyes of faith large enough to not see the man whereas where he is with all the facts and the data that goes all the way back to 19th century, or that doesn't even make sense, but you know what I'm trying to say? 
Remember what your granddad and granddaddy and granddaddy did in the history? You and your family. We could do that or open our eyes spiritually and say, God, show me. Oh, yeah, all those things in the past, facts. But redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Forgiven from you. And now, oh, yes, he's messing up. God, okay, I'll forgive because you forgave. I know, I know I'm forgiven. So I, and then believe for the future, the man that he's going to be as you agree with heaven and as heaven agrees, as you agree and as he agrees, that beautiful faith of Trinity propelling your family towards their revelation. The first application is this. Obey deeper. Wherever you are, that creates family. Number two, remain and eat. Verse 19. This, the story is not over yet. This is what it says. And taking food. So he ate. Somebody give praise and worship to Jesus for food. Hallelujah. I'm all for spiritual disciplines, except fasting sometimes. <laughs> he ate. He's been fasting for three days. He was strengthened. For some days, listen, he was with the disciples at Damascus. He was. He remained. We could see that when he ate, he didn't eat alone. It was a breaking of the fat, a breaking of breaking of the bread. He ate with the brothers. And he remained with the brothers. And then he was strengthened. You'll find that tonight and the nights to come on Wednesdays, you'll be invited to linger a little bit. Maybe you and I could practice lingering in the revelation of Jesus Christ. As we linger, it's not just games and fun, though you will have them, and cakes and sweets way too late in the night for our age, which is totally fine, too. At the same time, maybe we could see each other by the revelation of Jesus Christ and then watch God create an unusual family through an unusual revelation because our Father was the one who started it all. And he wants us to be like him. Triune God in fellowship forever and more. Let's pray. Father, I just want to pray and stand in the gap for every family members, especially in marriages who are having difficult time, even in this moment, just emotionally broken, walked into this worship, concerned because it's been going for a while. God, I pray for a fresh grace of revelation, gift of revelations on both parties so that the spirit of family could be restored, that faith could be exercised and strengthened through that moment of unity, Lord Jesus. Now, if you're worshiping with us and if you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he died, he rose for your sin, for my sin, for our sin, so that we could be family with him. 
and with us. He was the perfect man, yet he was the perfect God, son of God, who walked in this side of the glory. For our sins, he lived the perfect life. He died the death that we deserved. If you've never received him as Lord and Savior, tonight is a great night, and that's how we get, start, how we get started in our family. If that's you, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and say, I want this family, I want this family, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? Okay, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for my sins and inviting me into your family. I thank you that I'm your child. It is in your name we pray. Amen.